0: You're listening to XVGM Radio. XVGM Radio, where the bitch keep coming. I'm Mike. And I'm Justin. And this is episode three board and card game video games. Quite a mouthful there, but <laughs> we are diving deep into video games based on board games and card games. This is a really fun, unique, Topic. I think you were the one that suggested this one, right?
1: Yeah, it was just something that came to me um, recently as I've been playing a bit of like Uno on the PS4 okay. and, uh, and some other ones. But I had originally thought this was going to be sort of a like a relaxing, easy-listening uh, mm-hmm. sort of episode. And it still kind of is, but mm-hmm. there are a few tracks, I think, that might surprise some of our listeners, uh, as well as us.
2: Yeah. Um, there, there, there
1: are some... <laughs> Really good, really smooth tracks, definitely. But there, there's a handful
0: here that are just like kind of more upbeat, a little, little more poppy. Definitely, I think a lot of the older school stuff that we're gonna be going over is a lot more amped up, it's a lot more energetic and fun sounding, whereas a lot of the later stuff kind of take the, takes advantage of better equipment better hardware because of that it kind of makes the music a lot more grandiose i guess you could say definitely but uh that track that brought us in just before is monopoly on the nintendo wii that came out in 2008 the track that we listened to was deco board and that was by ian livingstone so what do you think of this one
1: that was one of the boppier tracks (laughs) um definitely like big band jazz it uh, could almost have been, like, from a stage production.
0: I'm going to say two words. Chips Ahoy.
1: Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, the old Chips Ahoy commercial. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yep. that's
0: fair. That's fair. Just mm-hmm. definitely, like, all I needed was the boom, 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 like, the kettle yep. drums to come in, and I would be like, oh, my God, Chips Ahoy. <laughs> now I need to eat, like, an entire sleeve's worth of Chips Ahoy. <laughs> but I probably shouldn't. But, yeah, Monopoly for the Wii. I haven't played this one, but, I mean, it's Monopoly. Like... This is one of my favorite board games growing up. I used to play this all the time with my grandmother. I didn't know you were a
1: masochist.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I don't know what it was, but when her and I would play, it was a lot of fun. Like, we played fair, we didn't cheat. But I can't play this with my wife. I cannot play Monopoly with my wife because I played with a friend of ours, and the two of us kind of did, like, unofficial immunity on each other, and now she won't play because we beat her so bad
1: that's yeah the, <laughs> monopoly can get can get really cut
0: through it can get super cut through um, my
1: my understanding i haven't played monopoly in years yeah. but um my understanding of a lot of the frustrations that people including myself i guess have with it is that we tend to play with house rules like you know um, if you land on free parking you get all the money that right. people put in from uh, the taxes, taxes and stuff. Yep, you're yep. not supposed to do that uh, apparently that really unbalances the game yeah but um, but it's fun. I, it's yeah. so much
0: fun to play like that.
1: I suppose. <laughs> yep,
0: yep. So, yeah, I don't know. Uh, just Monopoly is one of those games I used to play growing up, and I really enjoyed it. And I've played a couple of the video games over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, I played the one on Super NES and the one on N64. Um, okay. My brother's also a huge Monopoly fan. He's a big board game fan, too. So he and I would play... I, I remember renting the Super NES version. We would play that. And I never really was a big fan of the music. So when I was looking for music, initially I was going to go with something more nostalgic. Mm. Um, but then I thought to myself, I don't really like any of the music in <laughs> Super Nintendo Monopoly. So I went with this one instead. Uh, just as you said big band grandiose just really vibrant and great music overall i i love this type of big band music so yeah, agreed it's it's, it's it's a lot of fun in yeah. fact listening to
1: that that might actually get me to play you know the the video game version of monopoly
0: yeah uh, yeah definitely it's a lot of fun especially like if you play online too like oh. there's there's different like games that you i don't know if this version has like an online mode but mm. that's one of the benefits of getting newer video games that are board or card game based because you can kind of play these games at your own pace and you can play with friends online and stuff like that. So, you know, the technology has kind of brought everybody together, even though, uh, you know, you may not be able to play all together on the couch, you could still right. play online, so. Definitely, that's yeah. it's one of the reasons, I mean, one of the tracks coming up, uh,
1: we'll, talk, we'll talk a little bit more about that, but mm-hmm. it definitely makes the entire experience uh, a little bit more laid back as far as i feel personally if we were to play monopoly and it was online we were we were playing with each other because i feel because it's a video game mm-hmm. the, the rules are sort of constrained by what the system knows that it can do yeah um yeah. You, you don't have all these other things or you don't you don't see people you know acting up and uh, and you know making you want to rage quit or throw the game across the, the room yeah. so it's a, I find it a little, bit, a little bit more relaxing just like hey it is what it is you know yeah. oh, i i lost all my money i went bankrupt oh well
0: i can't i, I can't do anything about it exactly so the composer on that one was a guy named ian livingstone and he's composed for a lot of newer games uh he's kind of all over the place he also composes for like television and feature films he's got a huge list of music that he's done for video games he did the i believe this is the gamecube version of x-men 2 wolverine's revenge i believe he did buffy the vampire slayer as well the one that came out on xbox Just to name a couple games, Grid, Grid 2, and Grid Autosport. So he's kind of known for doing that. He co-composed Napoleon Total War, Rome 2 Total War, and Attila Total War. His latest game, I guess, is uh, he's been working on the F1 series. Hmm. So he's done every game from F1 2010 all the way up to F1 2014 with Codemasters. As well as a couple other games I didn't mention. Battlefield 1943, Batman Begins. So he's done quite a lot of work and it's mostly like very cinematic type of music and i kind of feel like this kind of goes with that i mean you could easily picture this in like like an austin powers movie or something (laughs) like that you know yeah yeah so we're going to move into our first track and again we're going all over the place we're going to be doing everything from this first track which is an nes track Uh, All the way up to, you know, as we said, like, late later releases, like in the 2000s. So the first track we're playing is from an awesome soundtrack. Did I say soundtrack? Did I mean video game? No. No? Mm, No, I'm going (laughs) to say no. I'm going to say no because the game itself is not that great, but it's Pictionary on the NES. This is a classic soundtrack. This game came out in 1990, and the song we're going to be listening to is Minigame 2 by Tim Fallen. to XVGM Radio, and that was the always-rockin' soundtrack for Pictionary on the NES. That was the 1990 release, and the track was Minigame 2 by Lord Tim Fallon. Yes. Yes, I am a big fan of this soundtrack. I discovered it a couple years ago, and it's one of those soundtracks where I'll forget that it's that good, (laughs) and then I'll, I'll pick it up and listen to it again and just completely fall in love with it. It doesn't have a lot of tracks on it. But sometimes you don't need a lot of tracks to be totally rockin'. No, oh, yeah. No, that's 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 fair. I feel
1: like I might have pl- tried playing the Pictionary game mm-hmm. on the NES years and years ago, but I don't have any solid memories of it other than it being very frustrating like yes. many many mm-hmm. of the game show style or Board game style games on the NES were, for example, um, Jeopardy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, Our Family Feud. Um, they just very, very frustrating to actually get things right or get the game to recognize that you know I, I said it right or maybe I didn't spell it right and stuff like that.
0: It's not exactly an accurate Pictionary game, and I know that Pictionary is kind of stretching the boundaries as far as board or card game. Yeah but in my mind any game that you can play with friends around a couch is kind of like that's not yeah. involving video games is a board game you know? I, I
1: feel like Pictionary is, is accurate to uh to, to that
0: theme mm-hmm. mostly because there's usually a board that you have to draw on mm-hmm. so I mean, there's a board involved it's a board game pretty much do you have a favorite tim fallen soundtrack i'm not going to do the i'm, I'm not going to go through the long <laughs> list of tim fallen soundtracks because it is we'll be here all day That's fair. Um, But do you have, let's say, three favorites to choose from?
1: Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, Tim Fallon has done, I mean, a ton of great things, but I would say right off the top of the list, Solstice uh, on the NES Mm -hmm. is a game that I grew up with and absolutely loved the music for. I mean, it was very atmospheric. It wasn't really music that we would rock out to, but Mm -hmm. the the music was fantastic. Uh, Spider-Man X-Men Arcade Revenge. Yes. I mean, how can you not? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. (laughs) And uh, I mean, echo, echo the Dolphin, Defender of the Future. It okay. was a relative. It was a newer, newer game. That's the one for Dreamcast. Yes, right, yes. Right. Okay. Yeah. So hmm. newer game on the Dreamcast. Um, I don't know that it re- The game itself really lived up to the old echoes, but the music was still really good. Yeah,
0: yeah. Speaking of echoing, I echo Spider-Man X-Men Arcades Revenge. That was the first time I ever heard a Tim Fallon soundtrack back when it came out. And I, I was a huge X-Men and Spider-Man fan. And playing that game, the music along with the gameplay was just top-notch. Uh, just an absolutely phenomenal soundtrack. Uh, I'd also say Plock on the Super NES has a great soundtrack. Oh, yeah. And then my third would be Silver Surfer on the NES. That's fair. Yeah. Love that, Yeah. That's Pictionary. Not really much to talk about about the game. It's Pictionary. It's, you know, you try to guess what people draw out. Uh, the game itself, not so great. So you picked the next track. What do you got for us?
1: So next up, we have a song from the recent Uno game on Xbox One, PS4, um, recently in 2017. The track is called Wonderful, and not quite sure on the composer. I believe it's Stan Lepard, but we'll talk about that when we come back. Cool.
2: Which explains how therant of turnf nodig can lead to Pablo.
1: back. You have found yourself at XVGM Radio. That song was called Wonderful off of 2017's Uno card game video game on (laughs) the Xbox One and the PS4
0: and it was composed by Wang Yang. Wang Yang. We had trouble finding out who actually composed this, but we're thinking it's Wang Yang. (laughs) That's just... I don't mean to laugh but it's just... it's such a... it it rhymes. I don't know. It's funny. it,
1: It rhymes. I mean... One of the words means something different in English. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's always it's always funny when when a word means something else in,
0: uh, in in your native language. I'm sure you're referring, of course, to Wang Chunging. Yeah, right. Exactly. Like everybody, everybody Wang, Wang Yang Chung. tonight. Yes, everybody Wang Yang tonight. <laughs> so uh, now you were talking to me about this game during the break. You actually played the earlier version uh, in. I think it was like maybe 2006, 2007-ish, yep. which was on Xbox 360, and I remember also playing that. It was one of those games, it was like one of the first like arcade live games that you yes. could play. But this one, tell me about it, is it different?
1: It's only different graphically. I owned the one on the 360. Uh, I technically still own it, except for the fact that my 360 is dead, mm. so I am unable to play it. Wah-wah. Wow. Yeah. But I, I did buy this one on the PS4 and have been playing it a lot recently, and it, it feels very much like the one for the Xbox 360. Cool. You can play against computer players. Uh, you can play online against real players. Mm-hmm. You can set up uh, your house rules, whether or not you want to turn on, like, um, bluff challenging or the seven zero rule, which I hate. Um, there's a number of rules you you can turn on and off there's also I don't think this mode existed in the Xbox One there is a 2v2 mode so Hmm. basically you and your partner sit across from each other and you can see each other's cards and you can't see the cards to the left or right of you and it's all about you know trying to win the game based on what you both have so if your partner say has a bunch of yellow cards and you maybe have a bunch of Uno cards to change the color. You want to keep trying to change it to yellow to to get him to to whoever goes out first. You both win.
0: Right, right, right. Yeah. It's been a long time since I played Uno, to be honest. (laughs) I kind of like forget the rules until I like play a few hands, which that's kind of how I learn most card games and board games is I'm like, all right, let's play around and I'll figure it out as we go along. So, but uh, I know that when you and I play board games or card games, you're kind of like the dungeon master, if you will. You're kind of like the rule guy. So you have the uncanny ability to sit down and completely digest the rules and then kind of like baby bird feed it to the rest of us when we play. And I'm just sitting in the corner like, all right, let's just play. Let's just play. So. It's funny because that—that's how I feel on the inside. Really? I,
1: I just—I just want to—I just want to get to the game. Right, right. But I don't know. I don't know at what point in my life that happened. I do remember the first time I noticed it. I was at a friend's birthday party, and they were trying to play a board game with a bunch of friends, and and we were all kind of drunk. Sure. And they—they they pulled me over. They—they said, "Justin, come here. Oh, you know, take a look at these rules and figure out how to play." <laughs> and I was like, I, I you know, instinctively I just pick up the rule book and start reading." And I go, "Wait, why?" And she yeah. looks at me and goes, "Cause you're the game master." See? I okay, and then like I think back on it, and there's so many of these games that I that I've played, and I'm always the one like teaching people how to play. And yeah, I just, yeah. I don't know when that happened to I, me. I
0: I really don't know either. I I oh. as long as I've known you for the many years I've known you, you've always been the game master. Jeez. So now you just need a jacket where on the back of the jacket it says like Captain J, the oh my game god. master. Oh my god. <laughs> I'll, I'll carry around a, a zapper with me at all yeah, times. Yeah, 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 or a deck of cards, <laughs> or a, deck, like of a deck, cards, of, yeah. deck of Uno cards. <laughs> so, Wang Yang worked on a few games that we know of. What were what were what, what they Work on so
1: the one the the one off the top that I know the best is Scott Pilgrim versus the World the game that came out in 2010 I played the hell out of that game yeah same here as well yep he also seemed to have worked on Castle and Co uh, the Smurfs and Co uh, the Smurfs and Co Spellbound and Monkey King Escape
0: yes and to clarify this guy is always labeled as a sound designer we were really only able to find sound designer or like sound like audio support yep we were not able to find anything. Thing for this game regarding the actual composer. So this is what's in the credits of the game itself. So no, he didn't compose the soundtrack to Scott Pilgrim versus the world, the game that was in Amonaguchi. So right. just to clarify that. But yeah, so that's Uno. 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 What did you think of the song? I, I dug it. It was good stuff. It was very relaxing. I could totally picture... And you know what's funny is I remember playing the the earlier version of the game that we were talking about earlier, and I remember that music, and the music and tone and sound to it all sounds very similar to, to this. Right. Would so... You- very similar.
1: Yeah, it's, it's actually why I almost miscredited composer mm-hmm. to a different person uh, because I thought that the music was the same, but then upon going back and listening, it's not it's mm-hmm. not the same t- soundtrack at all. Right, so. right. Different guy. But Yeah. yeah it, it definitely... It's more helps. of like a uh, jazzier feel yeah. to
0: it a little bit.
1: Yeah, I, I'd agree. Yeah. It definitely helps to set the mood and, I mean, Uno can be just like Monopoly a mm-hmm. kind of a cutthroat game yeah. playing with friends and I would say that the soundtrack definitely helps me to relax and not really care <laughs> about what's going on like mm-hmm. oh no I just ate eight cards oh well <laughs> nothing I can do about it
0: keep the game going I just picture you physically eating, eating eight, eight cards, cards <laughs> like knife and fork and everything <laughs> All right, so let's move on to our next track which is from a game called Risk, the game of global domination. This came out on the PlayStation 1 in 1997 and this track is the North America theme and it's by a unknown composer. Ooh, ooh. That was Risk, the game of global domination, and that was on the PlayStation 1. It was released in 1997, and that was the North American theme by Mr. or Mrs. Unknown Composer. Unfortunately, not a lot of information about this game out there. Risk, I have not played since college, (laughs) but I kind of wish that I knew that this existed. Because I had no clue, but I remember playing the board game with my uh, second roommate in college, my good buddy James, and we used to play this quite a bit, and I was terrible at it. <laughs> <laughs> Admittedly so. So Risk is a strategy board game, and it's got a lot of, I don't know, I guess political elements to it, diplomatic elements to it, oh, if you yeah. will.
1: You can, you can create like alliances between yep. the other players and stuff, but uh, in, in the end there can be only one. There can be only
0: one just like the Highlander. Yeah, you control like armies with these different like little playing pieces, so it's 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 pretty cool. It's fun. It was invented back in 1957 by a French filmmaker named Albert Maurice. That's interesting. Yeah pretty cool. So I know there's been a bunch of games, like video games for Risk. There's even like an iOS version that's out currently, but there was like a Sega Genesis version, PS1, PS2, Game Boy Advance, like a bunch of different versions. But I heard this track while looking for music for this episode, and it was unlike anything I'd heard on the PS1, because it had those, like, interesting, like, voice, like, vo- vocal samples with the um, Native Americans, like, oh, yeah. you know? And then it kind of, like, had these drums, very, like, tribal-ish, and then all of a sudden, like, this Tangerine Dream, like, late 80s <laughs> soundtrack comes rolling in. It's like a rolling of thunder and clouds. Yeah, yeah. And it's just, like... Really, it took the track in a place that I didn't expect it to go. Just very uplifting and very exciting, but at the same time, kind of like somber a little bit.
2: Yeah, I you can know? see that.
0: But they had like those Super Nintendo kind of style guitars in there. <laughs> the MIDI guitars, which I, I could appreciate. Yeah, definitely an
1: interesting pick. Mm-hmm. Not having played the game on the, the the PS1, I sort of assume that all of the video game versions of the game play most of the same. I mean, yeah. there's not, not really a whole lot you can do to mess up Risk. A couple the, more yeah. bells
0: and whistles here
1: and there. Yeah, yeah. But the the track itself, I, I understand why it's called the the North American track or the mm-hmm. North America theme. Um, as, I mean, right off the bat, you have what sounds like Native American right. tribal chants and the, and the drums, and it's very interesting to hear what they sort of put together because I was also, the first time that I heard this track, I was kind of thrown when I, I, I hear this, uh, and I, I think it's going to be very much of like a, a Native American type of a song. Right. And then you get this other stuff in there that's <laughs> like kind of contrasts with that. It's, and it, it's not, it, do, it doesn't feel wrong. Like, it feels like a really good song. Yeah, yeah. But it just... It's just—it's weird. It does weird things to my ears.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> my ears are broken. It kind of reminded me of something that you'd hear on, like, the Discovery Channel or, oh. like, uh, A&E or uh, the History Channel. You know, something that would play in the background while they're discussing, like, Native American, mm. you know, history and culture. Like in something. a documentary or something.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I yeah. can see that. I yeah. can see that.
0: So, kind of, I guess, fitting for Risk. <laughs> So I wish we knew the composer so we can find out more of what they've done. But uh, if anybody knows the composer, shoot us an email at xvgmradio at gmail.com.
1: Alternatively, you could also tweet the information to us at
0: xvgmradio on Twitter. But, um, oh, looks like our producer is telling me we have a call. Let's go ahead and take it. Hey, caller, you're on the air with XVGM Radio. Who's this?
2: Oh, this
1: is Kuros. I want to hear something from my game, Wizards and Warriors.
0: Oh, wow. Uh, uh, okay, well, that would be great if we were doing Wizards and Warriors or anything related to that, but we're doing a board and card game video game episode. Oh, okay. Well, then, how about Hero Quest? That's close enough. All right, well, let's go ahead and listen to a track from Hero Quest. This is an unreleased game on the NES. The track that we're going to listen to is the title theme, and it's by the always impressive Neil Baldwin. Welcome back. That was not my pick. That was Kuros' pick. (laughs) Hero (laughs) Quest on the NES. That was an unreleased game. And that was the title theme or the main theme by Neil Baldwin. That was just, oh my God. Well, the first time I heard it, I was just blown away. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, for a a board game related game
1: on the (laughs) NES, that's a really epic
0: track. Absolutely. So, Neil Baldwin... Has done a ton of epic tracks, very similar to that. Best thing I can compare it to is Magician, the NES mm. game in 1990. Uh, Very similar type of soundtrack. He's done a ton of work over the years, just to kind of briefly touch on it. Uh, Did a couple of the 007 games, Nightfire in 2002, and The World Is Not Enough in 2000, which has uh, not only a very great Bond soundtrack, but that is a great Bond game in general. Did some of the Duke Nukem games on console, like 64 and Zero Hour, and also Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo. Uh, He did the conversion, I believe, to the 3DO. He's done a lot of work with like conversions, and also he is kind of known for doing like some of the old, much older music from bat He like he came from like the Amiga era, like uh, Amiga yeah. C64, stuff like that. Definitely very well known composer and very much loved. So, Hero Quest, do you know what it is? I do not. Okay. A game I've not played. Yes, so Hero Quest is a Dungeons and Dragons style Milton Bradley board game that came out. Oh, I have heard of this. Yep, I the box art itself is uncanny. It's got this hulking barbarian, very similar to Kiros from Wizards and Warriors, mm. kind of swinging a sword, and you know, there's all these orcs all over the place on the image, and it's just such an awesome epic looking board game it's like an adventure board game kind of like a little bit like dungeons and dragons yeah i remember getting this game when i was a kid and being like so so very excited to play it then i realized how complicated (laughs) it was And I completely gave up on it. Uh, Like, I I think I maybe tried to play it once. The problem is, so, I have a little brother, and my little brother is seven years younger than me. mm -hmm. So, playing anything with anybody, I would have to play with my friends. And I didn't really have that many friends back then, so... (laughs) It was very difficult for me to play this game, because I know my parents weren't interested in it. So, it was like this game that I bought that I couldn't play with anybody. Uh, There was all these, like, really cool, like, little figurines that I loved that you can like bust out of like their like the casing and then like set them up with the little stands and put them everything was like grid based like like, uh, different rooms and stuff You could also set up like the doors. Just the the whole thing was very confusing. And like I said before, I'm not the sort to like really read through the rules, especially (laughs) on a board game. Video games, I think, are a little different. I I used to really enjoy looking at the art. Mm -hmm. So while I was looking at the art, I would read how to play the game back in the day. But when it comes to (laughs) board games, I would always just be like, all right, let's just play. Somebody else figure out the rules and I'll just play. (laughs) So that's kind of how I've always been when it comes to... Board games, and it's a shame that I never actually sat down and played Hero Quest. Because I know that I would have liked it. And to be honest with you, if there was a video game that did come out, unfortunately this one was unreleased. But if this game did come out, I would totally have a lot of fun with it. Like I would oh, yeah. find friends to play it with. You yeah, know? I, I mean,
1: based on what the board game is, is about, the video game version would likely have been a lot of fun. Like This, this seems like something that, that I would have liked as a kid too mm-hmm. um,
0: if, if it had actually come out. It's a shame. Yeah, yeah. Uh, It's unfortunate, but hey, it is what it is. I don't know what they would have done with it. Like, I don't know if they would have made the video game be... Like, I haven't seen any footage or anything, but I would imagine that if they were going to make this into a video game, they would either have to just literally translate it into a video game, which would be kind of difficult just because of the nature of the game, because it's very in-depth, and when you're playing a video game, especially during the NES era, you know, controls are very limited as far as what you can do, so I would imagine that they would probably make it more like an action video game, but again, I'm, I'm not sure I haven't looked up any information on the actual video game, so...
1: I mean, it depends on, on how the how the game was done Like, if if, if the maps were, like, quote-unquote Procedurally generated mm-hmm. or anything um, It might have been a bit difficult to do on the NES at the time So they, they might have just been, you know a, a story that they threw at you And everything was sort of pre-generated And yep. you have to go through this dungeon or whatever Could have been cool Yeah, that's true Alright, well, let's move on What's up next? So next up is a game that I was very familiar with and still somewhat am from the 90s called Magic the Gathering. Uh, This was released on the PC in 1997 and the track is called Red Castle by Roland J. Rizzo. That was the track Red Castle off of 1997's Magic the Gathering, which was released on PC, uh, and that was composed by Roland J. Rizzo.
0: That track reminded me a lot of the Risk track, but a lot more like, I guess, sinister is the best word to put it. Very like yep. booming. So Those kind of like plodding, like kettle drums in the background sounded like, uh, along with like some. Not like Gregorian chants, but they were more like uh, just overall choruses, I guess you could say. It was cool.
1: Yeah, no, the Sinister is probably a good way to describe it. Mm -hmm. So just to talk a little bit about the game, I mean, if you're familiar with Magic the Gathering, it's a card game. There are five colors... Uh, each color represents a different aspect of magic. Like, there's green, which is very nature-based, blue, which is sort of water and control-based, white, which is, uh, like, healing and life, black, which is death and decay, and red, which is generally just, like, power, fire, stuff like that. Okay, yeah. The game itself on the PC plays very much like the the actual card game. You gather cards, but there's, like, adventure elements to it, so you're going around, like, def- in, getting in random battles with computer players or eventually, like, you can play online with people, um, and you build up your your collection of cards and make a deck out of it, and then ultimately in the single player version of this game, you are trying to defeat the five wizards, uh, which are each rooted in a different color, and this theme plays
0: in the red castle, Mm -hmm. when you're fighting the the red wizard, mage person. So how is this game set up as far as the PC game itself? Like, is it set up where, like, you're looking at, like, a map? where there's, like, playing cards, you know, because I know that Magic the Gathering, the card game itself, has, like, a mat that you can, like, lay the cards out on. Is it right, kind of like right. that?
1: Somewhat. I mean, if you're thinking of, like, the mats that, that sort of show you where each thing goes, yeah, yeah. Um, the, the PC game doesn't really have that because the, the cards automatically go wherever they sure, are. But sure. you, you can basically see, like, the the battlefield. So you've got your cards, you can see your hand, and then you can see your, your opponent's, like, library and the cards that are on the table, hmm. not, not the cards in his hand. It was pretty popular back when it came out. I I think they originally, like when they made it, they shipped like 220,000 copies at at first, and Mm. then the game ended up selling like over 400,000 copies. Wow. So both the card and video game were fairly prolific.
0: Yes, (laughs) yes they were. I am not a Magic the Gathering guy. I have played it. I kind of don't like it. I don't know. No, it just fair. doesn't grip me. But I used to play Star Wars CCG, the oh, customizable wow. card game. Yeah. Back in the day, I was a huge Star Wars nerd in middle school. <laughs> so I was really big into it so much. So, like I subscribed to the Star Wars magazine, yep. like everything. Like I had all the toys, all that stuff. Uh, this is right around the time when the Special Edition came out. Um. And they introduced a card game very similar to Magic the Gathering, but it was Star Wars themed. And I remember playing it a couple times at like tournaments and stuff like that, and I was never any good at it. (laughs) You know, I don't have anything against these games, I just am not good at them and don't have the... Patience to learn, like how to get good at them, so I just don't choose to. <laughs> yeah,
1: car- card games like Magic, and there was a Star Wars and a Star Trek. Yeah, like om- om- when Magic got popular, basically mm-hmm. every franchise was like, "Oh, card games are cool. Let's mm-hmm. let's try and riff off of that." And yeah, yeah. A lot of them didn't go very well. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed the game and the the deck building process, but I I was never really good at it. Like mm-hmm. I built decks based off of cards that I liked, as opposed yeah. to like building a deck for around a theme or around the ability to do something. So, yeah, I I had the same problem with Magic. I just... I I enjoyed the game, but, man,
0: I sucked at it. Yeah, I was always, (laughs) like, really gunning to get, like, in the Star Wars CCG game, like, you know, I'd be like, oh, I want to get all the main characters, like Leia and Luke (laughs) and, you know, Vader and all that stuff. But then there would be, like, actual cards that you really should have collected in the game that actually do something, (laughs) like the Death Star and stuff like that. So, yeah, I don't know. These... just aren't for me. I as far as cards go, I prefer like collecting cards to things like like I used to collect Marvel Masterpiece cards. Oh. You remember those? Yeah, like yeah. those? I, I like that stuff because it's just collecting. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's just like, oh, let me see if I can get the limited, you know, prototypes and the foil cards yeah. and all that stuff. Those 90s-tastic. So <laughs> so <clears throat> this was composed by Roland J. Rizzo. I've never heard of that composer. What? What? <laughs> tell, tell me a little bit about them. Really?
1: So uh, Roland J. Rizzo is probably more famous among people that play real-time strategy games. He mm-hmm. is connected almost at the hip to Sid Meier. Okay. Um. So he's done the music for, I think, every Sid Meier Civilization game oh. ever. XCOM Interceptor, Star Trek the Next Generation, Klingon Honor Guard in 1998, did, uh, did b- both sound uh, sound effects and music. Mm. Civ, Civ 2, Civ 4, c- the Civilization games, and it looks like a number of the XCOM games. Enemy Within, Enemy Unknown, XCOM 2, mm. uh, XCOM Interceptor. So he has done a good number of game, or uh, he's done a, a number of game music tracks hmm. and soundtracks, that's the word I was looking for. Very cool. Also, I see Spy Hunter in 1984, he's listed for audio adaptations, so it looks like he helped um, adapt the audio to one of the other systems that Spy Hunter came out on.
0: Yeah, possibly, especially since this guy sounds like uh, either a European or Western mm-hmm. composer. uh Possibly like the Amstrad CPC version of Spy Hunter or BBC Uh, Micro. You know, something like that. The ZX Spectrum, you know, most likely uh, converted it to those. Because I know the NES version, I believe, was done by Naoki Kodaka from Sunsoft. Yeah. Interestingly enough, we have a game that is right out of the 90s as well. This is a Super NES game called Othello World. It was a Super Famicom exclusive Came out in 1992. It's based on Reversey, which is later called Othello by Mattel. Mattel. Right. And the track that we're going to be listening to is Sky Castle Game or Sky Castle Level. And the composers, I believe, are either cousins or sisters. You may remember one of them as a more famous composer, Maname Matsume, and Kimitaka Matsume. So let's give it a listen.
1: Of Don't Wake Samus and Operation C, it's Grand Theft Auto, the board game. Awesome! Each player picks a morally questionable game piece to play as. Go around the board by rolling the dice and rob each neighborhood you enter. With the stolen money, become a drug lord. Buy and sell people like property, put up hotels and brothels. Try not to land on the police notifier space, otherwise, you'll gain a star. Gain five stars and it's jail time for you.
0: Aw,
2: man!
1: That's right, kid who shouldn't be playing this game. Say, where are your parents?
2: Parents?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Grand Theft Auto the Board Game. Available at all game stores everywhere. Make sure to buy it for your kids and completely ignore the ESRB ratings the clerk warns you about. Buy it today from Hammer Brothers.
0: We're back. You're back with XVGM Radio. We're all back. Everyone's back. Yay! Yay! So that was Othello World, and that was the Super Famicom exclusive from 1992. The track was Sky Castle Game or Sky Castle Level, and it's by Kimitaka Matsume and Manami Matsume. So, Manami Matsume, definitely more famous than Kimitaka Matsume. I believe they're cousins. I believe that Kimitaka is actually a male. Mm-hmm. And Manami Matsume, of course, is a female composer from Capcom. Did a lot wow. of really infamous games from them, Mega Man, UN Squadron, Legendary Wings. Magic Sword, mercs final fight. I mean, the list goes Ooh. on and on. Also, Jump ship to later work with Sunsoft as well, and they came back to do some more Mega Man, uh, Mega Man 10, and also their last game that they worked on was Mighty Number no. Nine in 2016. They were the lead composer on that. Awesome. So, yeah, she is just she's one of my favorites. So she does <laughs> really solid work. Kimitaka Matsume worked on a couple games. Download 2 was uh, his first game in 91. He did the PSG music on that. Othello World in 92, and then jumped to Vegas Stakes in 93, which Vegas Stakes came out on the Super NES, Hmm. and later worked on games like Bonk's Revenge in 1994, Super Bomberman 5, and then from... Hudson jumped over to Konami, worked on a couple of the Beat Mania games. Uh, Beat Mania Append Got a Mix, worked on games like Phantom Crash and Siren, and Dragon Quest Swords, that was the Wii Dragon Quest game, did the sound effects on that. Last game that they're credited for is 2009's Katamari Forever, which they did remixes and produced the music. So awesome! Good yeah, game. yeah, good listening. Definitely, of games. definitely. So Othello World is uh, Reversi, or yeah. Othello, as it's known. It's, it's kind of similar to, like, Go, like the Japanese yeah b- uh, board game Go. There's, like, black and white little dots everywhere on the square. I'm not sure how to play it, really.
1: Yeah, I believe it has something to do with, like, you, you place your piece, and then the pieces that are around it get, uh, yes, get flipped. Yes, they get flipped. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. So, yeah. That's or at not least not that's how play. you play Go. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so I'm not I, sure. I've never played Reversi or Othello either, no. so yeah. i
0: not a game master on that one. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, you are not. We'll need to get you the rule list. <laughs> so uh I just I love this track because it just screams Baroque era. And it's I really love, funny that you say that. I love Baroque classical music. It's my favorite classical music. Just that I, I wouldn't even say it's a harpsichord. This kind of sounded like um more along the lines of if you've ever played Act Razor oh, yeah. uh, on Super NES. It's it's the the organs on that it sounds very familiar agreed agreed i'm i'm very surprised
1: that you like baroque music what with your enjoyment of castlevania and all yes i know right
0: <laughs> you would have never figured that doesn't
1: one out doesn't make any sense no not at all but you know what they say if it ain't Baroque... It's probably something else. Oh, um, boo, <laughs> boo! But yeah, no the that that was the the first thing that that, that I thought of as well when I when I heard the the organ. Oh, Mike just picked the, the Castlevania track. <laughs> right, right. I was like, oh, I thought we were doing board games. Yeah. But no, it, it screamed Baroque to me as well, and it's it very very well composed. And I mean, I, I like the the or, the organ runs that they have in mm-hmm. it, and just the the entire thing is. Very pleasant to listen to.
0: You won't go baroque with this Ah. track. (laughs) Now we're even. All right. There we go. So uh, let's move on. What do you got?
1: So next up, we're going to hear the title screen theme from 1993's Battleship that was released on the NES. And this was composed by Mark Knight. Ooh. Thank you for listening to XVGM Radio. That was the title screen theme from 1993's Battleship, released on the NES. And that was composed by Mark Knight.
0: Yes. That was a very,
1: I don't know, I guess you could say like militant. Yeah. Yeah. It's got a very military feel. You've got the the snappy snare drums in there. The main melody sounds very familiar to me. And I'm probably just an idiot who can't recognize the tune that it actually is. But every time it plays, I mm-hmm. just. I, my, my brain is searching for something. I feel like I've heard. <laughs> like you. Yeah. Da-da.
0: Are you thinking it came from a video game, or are you thinking it. You know, like like a like a non-video game song, okay. like okay. Po- possibly
1: something like a popular Navy song. Mm. Um, considering the the material is for for battleship, and it it may just be that it references or is inspired by hmm. uh, naval songs, and that's why it it comes to mind. My my brother's in the Navy, and. I mean, I was in marching band and band in high school Same here, and, and yeah. in middle school. So we did the, the Memorial Day Parade and we always played like Anchors Away and yep. stuff like that. Yep, so yep. I'm, I'm somewhat familiar with, with some of the, the music. Mm-hmm. And if it actually is <laughs> the tune mm. of a song that I know, I'm going to kick myself. <laughs>
0: but it's, uh... it's probably a song that you played like multiple times that you, you has been just lost to time. <laughs> possibly, possibly. Yeah, yeah. So Battleship, I don't know. I used to play this one. I used to get really frustrated. Really? Yeah, because people would always cheat when they played me in it. Oh, they so move they'd move always the ships around. Yeah, well, they'd mo- either move the ships around or they would like try to sneak a peek at at my ships. Yeah, no, you you knew terrible people. I you? know, right? <laughs> God, yeah. but uh, I I can't imagine how this would work on the NES. Like, I can I get how it would work in the like in like modern day times, like, oh, yeah. with online connections, you know, that way the other person never sees your board. Right, right, just like Uno and whatnot, like, you right. can see your cards not somebody else's. Or this would work really well on, like, a DS, for example. Oh, yeah, yeah but, well, perfectly, considering, yeah, considering the, yeah, uh, the yeah. clamshell. Yeah, exactly, but um, the NES, I mean... It had to be one single player. It it must have been, and what is it, like, okay, what, the other person has to, like, close their eyes while, like, the right, other person, like...
1: <laughs> Switch the controller back and forth, and you have to I, leave the room. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I, I don't know, I, I I guess i should try to play this one um because you know you sometimes you just never know how they're going to do it but i have never heard of anybody raving about <laughs> battleship on, on the, the nes, NES. Right, yeah. right 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 <laughs> so but no I, I dig the track i mean you know it's it's Definitely got that militant vibe going for it, and um, you know I like it. It's it doesn't really like make me want to do anything other than jump back on the bass drum and the um, marching snare (laughs) uh, and start walking in a straight line. So yeah, down the road, down the road somewhere. You know, during a super hot, sweaty July Fourth or a Memorial Day parade. So don't forget to stay in step. Yes. let you get yelled at. Yep, yep, of course. Yep. So Mark Knight composed this one. I've heard the name, but I don't know that much of what they've done. So you may
1: have played some of the games that Mark Knight has done music for, or at least been part of the audio team for. The Dirt games, uh, Dirt 2, Dirt Showdown. There is a game called Quake 3 Revolution that Oh yes, he, uh, he did audio production for that.
0: Looks like um, he also did work with uh, Ian Livingstone with the F1 series as yes. well as uh,
1: Grid. I see him as lead sound designer on F1 2001. Mm -hmm. Um, He also did music in Duke Nukem 3D, -hmm. which uh, I'm sure some people have played. Yeah. And uh, then there is the ever-famous Mario's Time Machine. He did music for that.
0: Don't forget Super Alfred Chicken and Alfred Alfred Chicken. Chicken. Those are the next ones I was going to mention. Yes. (laughs) Excellent. He
1: also did, um, I just want to mention, the uh, music for Wing Commander on the Amiga. Hmm.
0: Okay, okay. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but he also goes by Mark Skimpy Knight. Really? I, I, am, I do not lie. That is his... Also known as Also A.K.A. AKA. Yes. So, Mark, we are fans. Mm, <laughs> definitely. Especially of that name. That's awesome.
1: <laughs> oh, uh, it looks like once again we have another caller coming in. Give me just a sec. Let's hit this up. Caller, you're on the air.
0: Oh, thank you. I am Professor Plum. You know, from the game Clue?
1: The game or the movie?
0: The movie, the game. Does any of it matter?
1: I I guess not. What can we do for you today,
2: Professor?
0: Well, I would like to request a song from Clue, the board game, the video game. Boy, that's redundant. Who plays video games anyhow?
1: Fair enough, sir. Uh, any particular track you want to hear? <laughs> Uh, okay. That didn't sound good. No, but I'll, <laughs> I'll go ahead and, and, and play a track for you, and hopefully, you hear it. Uh, this is Elementary off of 1992's Clue on the SNES.
0: Hope nobody got to him. Yeah.
1: Welcome back. That was Elementary off of 1992's SNES Clue, uh, and it was composed by someone that we do not know. We were, unfortunately, unable to find composer information for this game. So
0: yeah, it happens. Yeah. If, yeah. if
1: you happen to know who did the music composition on this, uh, definitely hit us up, because I'd like to know who did the soundtrack for this game.
0: Yeah, not much to talk about, unfortunately. Have you played Clue on the Super NES? I
1: actually have. Okay. Um, It was probably one of the first, if not the first board game video game I ever played, huh. and unfortunately, I had never <laughs> played Clue before, oh. so I was trying to play this with a friend, and I had no idea how to play, no no idea what was going on. Yep. It wasn't until like a couple of years later that I actually played the board game, mm. uh, and then I had a better understanding of what I was supposed to be doing. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> you know what it was? It's because you got the rule book. And you started reading the rule book. Yeah. funny enough, uh, you mentioned that you always read the rule books for the video games as a kid. That yes, yeah. the one that, that was what I, I did not do. Oh, I, I huh. just I put the game in and I'd play it and just right. try to figure it out. Yeah, yeah, go, yeah. Like going blind. Huh. Um, it might have helped. Might might have helped if I had read the rule book to this game. If the rule book to the video game actually had
0: the rules, might have. What's really interesting is that even to this day. In 2018, when we're recording this, you can go on Hasbro's website and read the manual to this video game. Really? Yes, I found (laughs) it. I was like looking up information about the game, and then all of a sudden I found the manual. Because I was trying to look up the composer, hoping that maybe if I flip through the manual, I'll find some credits. And I couldn't find any. But what I did find was the manual on Hasbro's actual website. That's Which I neat. thought was pretty weird that they have a PDF printout of a Super <laughs> Nintendo game from like 30 years ago. Huh. So weird. So, yeah. So, I have not played this one on Super NES, um, but I have played Clue me- many, many times. And, of course, I've seen the movie. Mm-hmm. The movie is a really fun time. It is a gem. Yes. Um, my favorite part is the multiple endings. Yep. And the story behind the multiple
1: endings... Um, because if I mean if you've seen the movie you know that like it ends three times and there's three different ways that everything goes yep. but if you saw this movie when it debuted in theaters you only saw one, one ending. ending and right? I mean, if you went to talk to your friends about it and they saw a different ending they were like what the hell are you talking yeah, about yeah <laughs>
0: yeah yeah <laughs> my favorite part was the French maid hey yeah. <laughs> no my favorite part was actually Tim Curry Absolutely, yes. Tim, Tim
1: Curry more or less made this movie. The, the entire cast was phenomenal. Oh, I mean, absolutely, Christopher Lloyd, Michael uh,
0: McKeon. Uh, and um, Madeline Kahn. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> it's a phenomenal movie. So if you haven't seen it, definitely check it out. But yes. yeah, so the track. What do you think? The track itself was was really nice. It felt
1: almost like the music from the movie. Like I, I don't think okay. that it was meant to, but like there there was a lot of this sort of.
0: I don't know how to describe it. Like Investigatory style kind yeah, of... Yeah,
1: and, and sort of like music that you would expect to hear at like a manor. Mm. um, Like, like, like at a dinner par- party. Yeah, or right. in like the parlor or the study. Right, Before right. somebody murders you. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it felt very much like, more or less like chamber music.
0: Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. This soundtrack overall, I feel like it lacks... Energy, yes. and it needs a shot in the arm of something. I don't know, maybe like like adrenaline, like a, like a wrench, <laughs> yeah, like a wrench, like or, a lead pipe. Oh uh, yeah, I don't know. yeah, maybe, maybe, candlesticks, yeah, yeah. Rope. I don't know. Maybe it needs to be hung. I don't know, but oh, yeah, that's my issue with the song. The composition is great, mm-hmm. but my issue is that sound font, it's very flat sounding. It's not like, I, I would imagine if you heard this on the Genesis, it would probably sound even worse. it probably <laughs> sound very like twerpy. Yeah. You know, like yeah. But here, it's just interesting because I list, I'm listening to both the main lead melody and the um, kind of the background melody as well and both are really interesting to listen to but I feel like they're too similar and that they really needed some sort of difference like we mentioned harpsichord earlier maybe like throwing a harpsichord in for the background sound Mm -hmm. and then making the main lead maybe a little bit more symphonic sounding like a horn or something yeah 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 yeah. I don't know but but that that would be my advice if I were to suggest it to whoever composed this if they were to remaster it if you will oh yes yes but yeah that's it. So I guess we're moving from one game that is a board game that's more about investigation to another game that is more about just book smarts and learning words. <laughs> this is Scrabble on the PC. This came out in 1999. The track is called Blue Waltz. Return to XVGM Radio, and that track that you just almost fell asleep to was Scrabble. That was the PC release in 1999. This is Blue Waltz, and the track was composed by, we believe, Jim Crew. So, what do you think of this track? First off,
1: I thought it was really nice. So oh, I mean, you, smooth. Yeah, very smooth.
0: Smooth like butter. Yes. Um, or like eating chocolate chip, soft, chewy cookies while drinking a giant glass of ice cold milk. In front of the fireplace. In front of the fireplace. In pajamas. In pajamas <laughs> while wearing bear slippers.
1: Absolutely. Yes. I agree. Yes. Um, I absolutely love the baseline in the song. Oh, so uh, good. It's just, I think that's what really makes it as smooth as it is. Mm-hmm. It's just
0: do 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 on oh, that twinkly doo, piano. Doo. Yes, it's just the whole thing fits together so well, and I just I happen to really love this type of like smooth jazz, swing jazz kind of vibe that it's going for. So I absolutely dig this type of music. So it's great music to listen to if you're just looking to relax. And playing Scrabble, it's a game that needs to make you think. So you can't have something. You know, while you're thinking of words to put down, trying to figure out triple word scores and all that sort of thing, it's not the kind of game where you need like crazy frantic music or no, anything like. No. You need something relaxing, something chill. And this track in particular has a great vibe to it. The rest of the soundtrack is all different types of music, but this track in particular really stood out to me, so I wanted to play it so Jim Crew worked on a number of different video games he's actually very well known for being a jazz musician or like a classic jazz pianist he's done a bunch of different music, mostly for film, TV, and video games. He's done stuff like production for singers and songwriters. He's got a website, it's jimcrewmusic.com. And regarding video games specifically, uh, he worked on some Transformers game and Activision, probably a very bombastic classical soundtrack. He worked on, I'm just gonna kinda jump around here, Island Casino, Mm -hmm. Scrabble 2, so he must have done the sequel. Scrabble Harder. Yes. (laughs) Scrabble 2, Scrabble Harder. (laughs) Train Set Go, Warhammer 40K, and Ghost Recon. So, yeah. He's done a bunch of stuff, but it's all mostly like that. Either very bombastic, classical type of movie soundtrack style, or a lot more laid back, kind of like puzzle games, casino games, those types of things. So pretty cool. I haven't played this version of Scrabble. I am almost positive I owned this version of Scrabble. Really, for the PC? Yeah, I remember buying a new laptop right around this time because it was right before I was going to college. Yeah, because I went to college in 2001, so I think I bought a laptop and this game along with a bunch of other games came with it for free as part of like oh. freeware. I don't know if it was this version or a different version, but I I don't know. I never actually played it, but it's one of those things where I'm like, did I own this game? Like, (laughs) you know, just like lost to time. But uh, yeah, Blue Waltz is the name of the track. It's just, it is such a blue waltz. It's so relaxing and, you know, it's definitely something you can sip some tea to.
1: Yeah, I'm definitely going to save this for a, uh, a cold winter Day, yeah. snow day, and just mm-hmm. start a fire in my house Yeah, uh, I don't have a fire my <laughs> yeah, house. Start a idea. fire. Just, just set just, my house on fire and <laughs> just listen to blue
0: walls while well, everything got, burns. Gather a bunch of trash in the middle of the room, <laughs> just light it on fire, and maybe like put it behind like a fake TV screen. <laughs> and, and just like hang out, watch this fire like explode in your house. Your wife comes home, she's like, What are you doing? Oh my
1: god! Like, no, this is fine.
0: No, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is fine. This is fine. Have you heard this song? This is fine (laughs) So (laughs) Alright, what do you got for us? This is our final track
1: For the last track, we're going to hear the main theme of 2007's Carcassonne And this was released on Xbox 360 for the Xbox Live Arcade The song itself was composed by Somatone Interactive Studios
0: Cool, let's give a listen to the main theme
1: Welcome back, listeners. That was the main theme from Carcassonne, and that was released on the Xbox 360 Live Arcade in 2007 with music done by Somatone Interactive Studios.
0: You mean it's not Carcassone?
1: No, nor is it Carcass One. <laughs>
0: So, I know nothing about this. It's always one of those games that I would scroll through on Xbox Live and would see the game and be like, oh, I don't know nothing about this. See you <laughs> later. You know?
1: Yeah, I don't remember if I bought it because someone else had recommended it or I I don't remember why I ended up with this game Hmm. but I was definitely glad I did it's it's a multiplayer game I think you do up to four people I don't remember if the Xbox One did it online Mm -hmm. because we we always just played it in house um, on the couch I don't think you need no it wasn't a pass the controller game you could have everybody on their own controller or right. you could pass the controller but the game itself it's one of these board games that um, you see nowadays where the game itself once you get into it and start playing it it's not bad but trying to
0: explain the game to people <laughs> is so it's not like Catan difficult. is it is it like Catan
1: not exactly no. like I, I would put it I would put it in a similar box with it with, with, with Catan okay. but like with Catan you have this board where um, you have all of these resources um, that are set depending on where, like what the picture is on them, and then every turn, you know, it generates resources and stuff. Sure. This game is similar in that it deals with tiles. Um, so you um, you pick a tile up, and then you have to put it down and match it near other tiles. Like so, it, it might have a road on it. It might have um, part of a castle on it, or it might just be like a field. Um, so you have to match like roads to roads or castle parts to castle parts mm-hmm. and stuff. Then you have these little tokens that are colloquially called meeple. Um, it's it's a portmanteau of my people right but you you put it on the board and whatever area that it is touching like all-encompassing, you get points for that. So, like, if you put it down inside of a castle area, when the castle uh, area is finished and closed off, you get points depending on, on how many, how big that is. Or if you put it in the middle of, like, a field, you get points for, for that. Right. Um, but people can, you know, block you or, like, close it off with roads and stuff.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so it's, it's an interesting hmm. game to play. It, it makes a lot more sense when you play it. Like, like I said, trying to explain the game... Um, is is very difficult because there's so many little different intricate things, and basically you don't really understand it until you finish a, finish your first game.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. This uh, music itself reminds me of something that I'd hear in a Ren Fair. Exactly. Yes, it's very relaxing and soothing, but at the same time, it's it's different than the Blue Waltz track that we listened to previously. It's more medieval. Yes, I guess you could say.
1: Yep. Which makes sense because the the game is set. Uh, the game itself has sort of a medieval setting.
0: Yeah, it's so a lot of flutes, castles.
1: Yep, the flutes. Um, the the little I don't know what you call the the, the types of drums. bongos.
0: Bongos, maybe, maybe
1: bongos. They sound a little bit deeper than bongos. Me- I think,
0: what's but... what's what's a medieval bongo? A mongo. <laughs>
1: a mongo. <laughs> uh, a mango. A mango. Mango. Yes. <clears throat> um. But yeah, it's. It, it it definitely has that that very medieval vibe, yeah. and uh, the flute melody mm. um, almost sounds familiar. Uh, I, I know the first time that I heard it, I almost thought it was Castles in the Clouds uh, mm. from Les Mis. Okay. okay, but it I mean it's definitely not. It's just it has a similar like
0: progression. Hmm. Interesting. So Somatone, what have they made?
1: So Somatone Interactive Studio. Is a music studio that has worked on hundreds of games, wow. so going through all the stuff that they've done will be a little bit difficult, but to try to capture a couple of the games that people might have heard of, um, Bejeweled Blitz Live is not necessarily a major game, but I feel like <laughs> most of us have heard of Bejeweled, know what it is. Mm-hmm. I saw Oddworld, Abe's Odyssey, New and Tasty, it came out in 2014. Delicious. Delicious. Um, <laughs> The Ice Age Adventures uh, game that came out in twenty fourteen as well. Call well, of Duty Heroes. A
0: lot of like uh, mobile games too. Yes, like Marvel Heroes,
2: Marvel
1: and Heroes stuff like that. Doodle God, courage, yeah. Um, Might and Magic Clash of Heroes, <laughs> Doodle Kingdom. Ooh,
0: Doodle Ra- Kingdom. Ratchet
1: and Clank into the Nexus.
0: So it sounds like they've kind of like a studio for hire. Um, yes. So. Looks like the company was founded in 2002. Uh, two guys founded it, Kane Minkus and Nick Thomas, and their headquarters is in California. And they have studios in L.A., Munich, and Beijing. Wow, so they're
1: all over the place. Yeah,
0: yeah. Mm-hmm. Sounds like they do not only music, but also like sound design and voiceover work as well. So they're kind of a jack-of-all-trades of audio, yes. so to speak. So very cool. So that is our show. That is board games and card game video games. And I'm interested in what you guys think, what your favorite pick of the show was. Leave a comment on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash groups, forward slash XVGM radio. You can also check out our website at xvgmradio.com.
1: If you're on Twitter, you can tweet to us at XVGM Radio. Uh, you can also email us. At xvgmradio at gmail.com. You got it. But speaking of our listeners' favorite tracks, what was your favorite track?
0: Ooh, lots of really good tracks today. <laughs> I, ooh. Oh, man. It's a, it's a tie between either that Scrabble track, Blue Waltz, mm. uh, Othello World, or Hero Quest. I'm going to say Hero Quest. And the <laughs> <Darn>. reason being. <laughs> Is because I think of all the tracks, this one got me the most pumped to re-listen to it. Yep. Um, and then for this runner-up would probably be that Scrabble track. That's fair. I I was actually thinking the
1: exact same thing. I I would I would pick Hero Quest for the exact same reason. Yeah. It, it was it was very energetic. It was very like pumpy uh, and a lot of fun. Yes. But just to be contrary uh, and not pick <laughs> the exact same thing as you, uh, I will. Probably go with that Othello track. Okay. Um, Othello World, uh, the very Baroque, very almost Castlevania. Yes. Um, and that was also very fun. Mm-hmm. I have to
0: say, I, I would listen to that track again. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, the Pictionary track, definitely, I know that there's a ton of Fallen fans out there. Mm. Great track, amazing track. But I think when I was picking, when we were picking tracks for this, Hero Quest really stood out to me the most. Uh, Pictionary, I've heard so many times over yeah. and over and over again. It wasn't new to me. So it was like, oh, yeah, that awesome Pictionary track <laughs> that I've heard mo- millions of times. But the Hero Quest track was like, whoa, I'd never heard this before. This is awesome. So that's kind of how I felt about it. Definitely. Yes. So tell us how you felt about it in all those various different formats. We want to know what you guys think of the podcast. Also, please give us a rating on iTunes. We'd love to know what you thought of the podcast, what didn't work, what did work, what you liked, what you didn't. Please be constructive and let us know. Uh, I want to also announce our next episode. So what do we got coming up?
1: So next episode, episode four, is going to be all about Guilty Gear. Ooh. We are going to dive into the rockin' music of Guilty
0: Gear. This will wake people up. Oh, absolutely. After, <laughs> after this after, episode. After
1: the, yeah, after this episode with a lot of the, the sort of easy listening, yep. um, you're not, you're not going to have an easy time next time.
0: It, no. It's going to be, uh, as they say, heaven or hell, let's rock. Yes, very good. All right, well, this is Mike. And Justin. Signing off for XVGM Radio.